The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. I don't I don't what consent the... to being recorded. That's too bad. <laughs> what you happens if I choice. I'm just very curious what happens if I don't do anything? What do you mean? Like what if I just don't click either button? There's a button that pops up? Yeah. yeah, I don't think it records you if you don't. Oh, snap. That would be an epic way to uh, make editing very difficult for Nate. <laughs> Do I need to fire up OBS right now and make a recording so I have a backup? Nope. Nope. I already got it. Okay. And thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt, and with me tonight is Joe. Hello. Nate. Hey. And Alan. Hello. If you are joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. We strive to be a first step assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is just another way to normalize talking about mental health and as a fusion of mental health topics and gaming and pop culture and everything. Please welcome our guest tonight, Becca Milligan, who is the events director for Hope for the Day and Sip of Hope. Hello. Awesome. Hello. Thank you so much for being on with us. It's such a pleasure to have you on to talk and I'm dying to hear more about everything you and sip of hope and hope for the day do uh, i'm really excited about this and i could convey that all night long i'm very excited <laughs> thank you yeah so i as matt said i am the marketing and events director for hope for the day and sip of hope hope for the day is also a 501c3 we focus on proactive suicide prevention and mental health education so this year we had a pretty Big goal of doing 50,000 individuals through our mental health education programming, and that is about a 45-minute intro class. And we have a couple different ones that are specialized for certain community groups. Um, We have one for veterans. We have one that we just launched that's called Identity and Orientation. We have one on pause that's for people in the food and beverage industry. Um, And they're kind of all just an intro starting point conversation of how to support yourself and how to support loved ones if you notice their behavior start to change or how you can get them resources and stuff like that. So we are based in Chicago, but we do our work nationwide and sometimes worldwide. We have some people over in the UK that do a couple outreach events for us every year and stuff like that. And we've been around for about 10 years. So, and then to pull Sip of Hope in there about three years ago, Um, we opened a coffee shop here in Chicago and it's the world's first coffee shop that hundred percent of the proceeds support that proactive suicide prevention and mental health education work that we do at hope for the day. Nice. That's so amazing. Yeah. And that is, that's actually how we first sort of had a conversation even before 
actually, but maybe it was, about, it was about a month ago. Our one of our other directors sent us a link and was like, "Has anybody heard of this?" And he sent us sip of hope. Again, yeah. we're addicted to coffee, and he sent it to us. And he was like, "Everything is donated." And Joe was like, "Matt, start reaching out." I was like, "Okay, we'll do." And then, <laughs> and then just as I did some more research, found out that it was connected with Hope for the Day, and. When we were talking initially, uh, you know, not to break the fourth wall, but when we were talking beforehand, just that whole idea of the education aspect of it is amazing, right? And now as you break it down even more, it's so specific and geared towards several different populations. What what caused that or why that direction? Yeah. You don't see that often. That's why. Yeah, we have a few, but um, that's definitely, we have a list of programming that we would like to create to help um, in those certain communities too, in some other communities that we don't have them for yet. Yeah. But kind of just the fact that we doing our things we don't say is our general programming. That's the name of it. Doing that programming in different communities and in different settings or over zoom over the last year too. um, Mm -hmm. And just noticing, obviously when people come from different backgrounds or they work in different industries or they live in different places, each one of those circumstances comes with a totally different experience with their mental health. So the way that you talk about it, the way that you approach treating it, the way that you do any of that stuff is totally different. So having somebody being able to talk to you who is coming from your community Um, has a little bit more experience with maybe not those specific struggles, but more similar struggles than any Mm. normal person might. It's a little bit easier to open up. It's a little bit easier to start those conversations and feel like you can take that first step on your mental health journey. Yeah, absolutely. It's a connection. It's just that that human connection to a specific situation, right? I got first introduced to something similar to that working within substance abuse, right? All of any patient that I met, the first question was, well, well, did you do drugs? And I would be honest and say, no, I didn't. And you you, you sort of saw right there, like not necessarily a full-blown disconnect, but it's like, you don't know exactly what I fully went through. Then peers were introduced and other, and you know, those, you know, either in long-term sobriety and recovery, came around to facilities to help and assist and sort of bridge that gap, so to speak. And it was amazing to watch. It really does help bridge, uh, like make that connection with the rapport right from the start. Cause if they lose that connection, they're going to, like you said, have that, that disconnect. Like you don't know what I'm experiencing. You know, you don't, you know, you're not on the same page and they'll all automatically be separated from that. Not be willing to listen to what you have to say or, you know, follow through with any any next step yeah even even to a certain level defensive Mm -hmm. no so it's it's amazing to see all the different categories that you are hitting and then are looking to build up further programming with that's amazing that's amazing yeah absolutely i'm excited to see where they keep going from there yeah yeah my my ears perked up because like we got introduced you know it was uh you know it's you know uh, from sip of hope and i'm like oh okay cool that that's great I looked a little bit into it 
and then you started mentioning the, the the food and drink industry, like all these other industries. And it's like, well, that, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And that actually, like, again, my ears perk up and go that you're, you're really dialing in. Yes, you know? absolutely. And a really cool project that we've been working on um, the past couple of months with the food and beverage industry specifically, we're actually doing a craft beer project right now, which is a very interesting intersection to be in. Even when we put that first post up about the project that we were doing and we put it up on our Instagram, we got a lot of backlash for it. Um, and those mm. comments were fun to read because people instantly go to like, how are you going to do a project in the alcohol industry when you claim to be a mental health organization? And so our partnerships person was just, I mean, he was having a heyday on podcasts. Um, they did a podcast. I don't remember who he did it with, but they were basically did like celebrities reading mean tweets style. Oh God. (laughs) That's wicked cool. He was reading and it in a little bit more of a professional tone. So he's reading the comments and then he's answering them as like, I know that you're being sassy when you put this on our post, but this is the actual answer and why we're doing it. And now please let me know if you have any additional questions. Right. But there's about there was about 190 breweries around the country that were participating. And we had a few in different countries, too. We had one in Brazil and one in China. And I actually got to go to I think I made it to seven or eight of the breweries that were doing the beer um, in different states or in the Chicago area, too. So it was really cool just seeing the different people and starting the conversation in an industry that you don't see it in. It's actually the red can right here. But. Wow. Yes. So far I'm reaching. Awesome. Speaking, speaking from experience, you know, the, the, the coffee house setting, the bar setting, they're almost your de facto therapists, right? Yep. Exactly. Oh, I get what you mean. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't have that association <laughs> immediately. Like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. The bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bartender knows all the stories. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it is, uh, so where I work now is primarily with substance abuse. So I can understand. I, I, I'll play. I, I'm perfect at playing middlemen. I understand where some people might be coming from. But here's the thing. Breweries are popping up everywhere. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. The fact yeah. that the fact that there are three where I live in Staten Island, which is small enough to begin with, is is insane. So and with those with those places come a bit of a community and they come a it becomes almost like a, a safe haven for a lot of people to go. Right. And here's the thing. If you're not, if you're drinking for social reasons, that's fine. You're, you're doing it safely. You're doing it responsibly. That's the one thing. And the fact that we can throw in a little bit of, Hey, by the way, the beer that you're drinking and enjoying also goes to an amazing cause that serves dual purpose. Yes. Right then and there. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nate was saying, same with coffee. It's the connection. Yeah. Some people want to go to a coffee shop to catch up with their friends. Some people want to go to a brewery and have a beer with their friends. There was a couple of non-alcoholic breweries that also participated in the program. So that was a cool spin on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then also all of the canned beers all had resources and stuff on the labels and stuff like that. So um, amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. It was, yeah. It was a lot more of like a, we hope for the day's whole approach is like we meet people where they are, not where you expect them to be. Right. So we're going to meet you in a brewery because sometimes a brewery is where you are. And that's mm-hmm. not 
for some people, yes, maybe that is something that is more detrimental to their mental health. But for some people, that's the way that they take the cap off and release a little bit of pressure. Right. So we have, we have to accommodate those people too. If we said, just because you work in alcohol, you're not allowed to talk about your mental health, then we're leaving out an entire community and that's not fair either. So. Very true. Yeah. The nightlife is not filled with those who are abusing alcohol or or drugs. The, the, the every, the everyday nightlife is friends getting together on a Friday night. That's the, that's the typical. There is cases where the intersections will always cross, but it's a, it's a large, and I'm trying, I'm trying, as you can see, I'm treading my words carefully too, but you know what it is? There's, there's a large majority of people who are addicted and who do need help and need resources as well too. And they're out there. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of work to find them, but that's why we do this actually, because we give those resources too. But what you're saying is something different. You're providing a product that is sought after by average everyday consumers. And this one just so happens and will provide resources and support within the same token. So it's two different, it's two different categories that you're, that, that you're, you're going for that category. (laughs) Now, when, when you go to these places, is, is it general like awareness and resources or are you, are you holding a workshop in like said breweries and stuff like that? So the way that this worked, um, we actually were not pushing the sale of any of these beers. We were pushing Mm. the project that the breweries were participating in. Um, And we did not tell the breweries that they had to donate to us, that they had to donate a certain amount, that they had to do any certain piece Mm -hmm. of the project. We provided them with, you could do up to this or at a minimum this And we kind of let them do what they wanted to do because they know what they do best. So when it came down to it, a lot of the breweries chose to brew this beer for the month of May for mental health month. And some of them still have it. It's I've still seen a couple beers popping up here in random cities, but all of the brewery staff was given the opportunity to attend a couple different mental health education sessions that we did just for them, for their brewery staff management, kind of the people who are behind the scenes. And then at a couple breweries in the area or people who requested that they wanted to do an event or something like that, we tried to do and be at as many of those as we could. But outside of that, it was a lot more about getting the resources out there and starting those conversations in such an unexpected place. That's great. I love that. With doing the classes, is this staff members with Hope for the Day or is it outsourced through, uh, I think it's called uh, Peervention? Yeah. So, yeah. So Peervention um, is actually all of our education listings. That's where they all go. We call all of our peer, all of our um, mental health education programs mm-hmm. Peervention because we're not professionals. Um, it's peer to peer. We have training, just like the beginning of the podcast says, we have training, but we're not clinicians. So it's very much so just that opening the -hmm. door to that conversation, teaching people where to go if they need the resources and that um, first step. So that's fantastic. I'm really interested in the, uh, there was one that really stuck out with me. It wasn't on the main site, but I 
it was a yoga and mindfulness focused class. I might be in on that one because I'm really curious about it. It's piqued my interest. So could you maybe tell a little bit more about what that one is? Uh, I know we touched on the veteran focus and first responders and the general self-care. What What's that one really? Obviously, can, it's yoga. And can Joe do it on stream? The answer is yes and yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that program specifically is called Breathe for Hope. We have worked with two great ladies who created this program. They're both are certified yoga instructors, but they are also full-time teachers. And so we started this program. It actually was supposed to launch right about when quarantine happened that we were going to start doing sessions in person. And so we offer them for free, both in person. Now we've done a couple of them where we do them in the park before the farmer's market right around the corner from the coffee shop right now. But we're also still doing them over Zoom because we had a lot of good participation there. Um, So it's basically somewhat of a usual yoga class that they created and kind of brought in mindfulness techniques and stuff like that to where it can be used as a resource for people who are looking for a way to take the cap off their bottle and like let their stresses out and find a way to relax and find a way to take a second for them and stuff like that. So I actually, it was kind of sad because I got to practice the program right before we were getting ready to launch it. We did a demo in the office for all of the staff members and I did it with two of our leadership members as well. And it was just the four, five of us in the office together doing this. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, we were getting ready to launch it two months later and we're the only ones who have done this program. And then all of quarantine and everything else happened. So we immediately switched to only doing it over zoom and both of the instructors are in separate houses and stuff like that. And it completely changed the way that the program was running, but it actually ended up working out for the best. And the same with all of our other mental health education programs um, to where they became a little bit more accessible to people who were not local to Chicago. And that's great right there too, having that inclusion, especially (laughs) with utilizing uh, online platforms like zoom for this, because Quarantine was a, it was a terrible time for everybody. And I found that having access online to classes, courses, anything that could help was so, so impactful. And literally people are cooped up in their houses. What better way to do it than to practice some yoga and mindfulness? I mean, that's, it was perfect. So yeah, I, I, I love that program. Absolutely do. And, uh, you're going to see a, a bearded guy, this guy doing, incorporating that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to try it. And uh, I really love that. Really love that. I will. I'll do uh, Joe. I, I can't make fun of you and also not put my, put myself on the line. I'll do it with you. Perfect. So <laughs> that, that just forces Nate and Alan to do it too now. Because, That's why I did that too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. does. No, it totally breaks down another barrier to it that people don't really think about when it comes to fitness classes too, because if you're doing it over zoom, you're watching your instructor, but who says you have to have your camera on while you're doing your yoga poses and stuff. Yeah. My, my introduction to yoga, I used to do yoga three times a week at the gym and it was really neat. I always kind of looked down at it. And one day I got done going for a run and, you know, doing my normal workout on a Tuesday. And there was a room 
in the back of the gym that had a giant screen and like a, a like a kiosk that you could pick and yoga was on there. I tried it. It was a 45 minute one. Needless to say, I I did every single yoga like instruction on there. I had this entire room to myself most of the time and I'd be in there doing yoga and you know, I got kind of picked on by my friends that I close circle. Like I'm, I'm six foot three, 250 pound guy. I mean, and I'm doing <laughs> yoga, but I will tell you what, if you've never done yoga before and you're used to going to the gym, it's a completely different workout. And just the movements are slow, mm-hmm. the breathing and everything. It's so relaxing. But the first time I did it, I have never worked so hard in my life to try and hold some of these poses and over time it got easier and I just absolutely fell in love with it. it it's great. My four-year-old will do yoga with me in the living room and she loves it. So my, my, my grandfather was a, was a yoga instructor for his entire life. So I I've been doing yoga since I was probably eight years old and yeah, it's no joke. It, yeah. It, it looks real easy until you start, kind of getting into the into those poses and you go oh wait you you've got to hold this for more than two seconds yeah but no it, it's really great too because people can register to these classes and they're free i mean there's nothing better and it's one of the beliefs that we have is providing free resources for individuals to give them that opportunity to get something truly meaningful that'll benefit them in positive ways for mind and body uh, through our mental health kits. And we're going to be doing classes uh, uh, and sessions online as well. I'm a certified QPR suicide prevention instructor and Matt's going to be doing some classes. And we have a, a course load that we're putting together to launch at the end of this year, beginning of next year for people to take advantage of outside of our in-house team members where they have access to all these. Uh, we've partnered with Psych Armor to do trainings and learning to help support veterans uh, that are coming and reaching out for support to help guide them to meaningful resources and bridge that relation between the two. So we acknowledge their service and what they do is, you know, veterans, uh, active duty or retired and first responders. So it's really amazing seeing other organizations really taking that step forward and carrying that torch and providing these things to individuals to just try and make a difference. And you've been doing it for over 10 years and I love where you all are today. And I, I, can't figure out how much more we can try and support what you do and, you know, try and all of us grow together because no one's a one-stop shop. And I know I've looked at the site and seen that you, you do point out other organizations that have specific focuses. And it's really great when, when organizations and groups that have an impact like this can work together and it just makes a better community for everybody in each community. And I, I've never seen a focus in the like restaurant or beverage side. That mm-hmm. is a first for me I've, I've seen. And my best friend's brother owns a kombucha brewery and a restaurant down in North Carolina. And I'm going to forward this to him for his employees and everything. And I would love to try and bridge that for them as well, because I really think that's really meaningful and impactful. So that's, that's amazing. How, how did that come to be with, 
with the restaurants. And I know you touched on it briefly, but I'm super interested in that because it's just so new. Yeah. So that program is called 86 The Silence. Um, And if you have worked in the food and beverage industry, that resonates with you. And that's, it kind of is my favorite naming that somebody came up with for sure, because I was like, yep, I've been there. And it, it feels like the inside joke, right? Um, So it automatically appeals to the people that are, that have been in that industry. And it first with our, um, our current partnerships person, he is huge in the craft beer industry. He is also behind the Instagram account of Hop Smash. He's one of the gentlemen behind that. So they rate craft beer and give reviews like that. So he also has a lot of connections in the food and beverage industry in the suburbs of Chicago. And then our founder had a lot of connections within the city. And we, in Chicago, a lot of our events are very food and music and art driven. Mm -hmm. So it's either like, we were doing a block party for a long time um, and, or we'll do like street fests or our biggest fundraiser that we do every year. We have local restaurants come in and they do like small plates and that's how we cater the event. So we've always been very like in the food and beverage industry, but also just with so many of us having worked in the food and beverage industry before and knowing that the hours are not, always conducive to a healthy uh, mindset or that the individual vices after a shift are not always the most encouraging environment or Mm. that the insurance is non-existent or that any of those number of things that really add up for a very dangerous situation. If you are exposed to that for a long time and think that that's the norm or get stuck in the mindset that that's the norm. So it's just, it's such a, there's such a need there and conversations that aren't happening there. We had a really cool privilege at the end of the year last year to work with a restaurant group in Chicago and educate all of their management staff that were then going to go back into restaurants when things open back up. And I frequented a lot of the restaurants even before knowing that. So knowing that their management staff was thinking about their employees going back to work and took that step to make sure that they could be there for their employees a little bit more than they were before. Then I feel better even knowing that on the backside when I'm going into those restaurants and knowing that they did that. So that's great. Like you, you hit a lot of things right on the nose there. Again, my mother was a career bartender, so I've been in and out of that industry for a long time. And then Many of my roommates growing up in Los Angeles, everyone, you're an actor. So what, what do you do in your free time as you yep. go and serve tables? And yeah, there's just a lot of things that when you can speak to someone's level with experience and perspective, it does really hit home a little harder than just saying, hey, you, know, you, can, you can come to me and get support or I can go to you. Yeah. Creating that peer-to-peer environment where people yep. feel comfortable having those conversations, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And just the education aspect behind it too, that just keeps people honestly informed, understanding what really is going on, you know, because there's a difference between ignorance and not knowing, right? Ignorance is where you know something, but just kind of wishfully and blindly ignore it. Not having the education to it, that's a totally different story. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the key here. And 
again, just to go back to it, to having in these specific, very specific circumstances. But again, look at the waitstaff industry. It's probably larger than anything, really. So it's not small. So to have that understanding of what it what goes on, what really is a conducive environment, what is a conducive schedule for positive mental health, it's I'm sure there are some owners, there are some managers who don't truthfully know what they're what's going on. You know, not a cliche, so to speak, but undercover boss, like some of that was somewhat legitimate where they went in and it was like, oh yeah. crap, I'm really screwing my, with my employees' health here. You know, so it really is. It's it's knowledge is key. Knowledge is power. Right. For going back to classic cartoons. <laughs> and now, you know, and knowing call back the, yeah. Yeah. the more, you know, <laughs> but in all seriousness. Yeah, it's it's so, so important. And I love it. How I mean, do when you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, when you when you find a demographic that's underserved, it's a matter of. How do you how how do you then turn around and serve that and break that stigma? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of our big focuses is like breaking the stigma. It's like having those, it's the craft beer project. It's having the conversations in places where you don't expect where people are telling us not to have the conversations. That's exactly where we want to have them. Right. Those are the people who aren't being talked to. Yeah, very much so. Bring it to the people. How did Sip of, uh, excuse me, how did Hope for the Day start? Um, So Hope for the Day, our founder, Johnny, started the organization back in 2011. Um, He was a concert promoter and worked just booking small punk shows and stuff like that. And then he started passing out flyers and he started getting more attention. And then Mm. he started getting asked to speak before the bands would come on. And then he was friends with a lot of the bands. And then we were out on a warp tour for, Oh, I don't know, six, seven years, something like that, that we went out on the entire tour and he was gone all summer. And I remember starting as an intern and um, starting, I started in January of back in 2016 and working for the first couple months. And then all of a sudden everybody, it was like a known fact that like, the founder was just going to disappear for a couple months and like catch the projects when he returns because he's going out on tour and he's going to go scream at a bunch of teenagers and let them know that it's okay to talk about their feelings on stage before (laughs) their favorite punk bands play. And he's screaming profanities and he's like, he's that's exactly what a lot of those people wanted to hear. And that's how I ended up with the organization as it is. So I, I remember seeing the tent out when I went to Warp Tour when I was younger and then coming up to Chicago and seeing the opportunity that I did. It was it's exactly why it was such a full circle moment, because I was like, yeah, that spoke to me and I didn't know that it spoke to me. And now I'm back in that position. And this is exactly what I want to be doing, because I remember how much I felt seen without actually feeling seen in that moment. So. Right. I'm really trying to think back. I do believe I was at a warp tour and I remember a co- I remember something <laughs> like this to be honest and that was probably him. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I got to see them at warp tour and then I remember them being on warp tour and then for the very last warp tour back in 2018, I actually got to go out to the California date and it was the very last date. Got to work the weekend there. And that was just such a cool thing to be able to be like, 
I remember seeing that tent and being like, wow, that's really cool. And now I'm the one that's behind that tent handing out those resources and yeah, being a connection point for other people. That's so. such an awesome feeling. That's such a wide audience too with the Warp Tour of all, like all ages. That's yeah. I miss, I miss Warp Tour. Me too. I really <laughs> oh, I just, yeah i just miss concerts in general but like warp tour so warp tour bamboozle those were like home yep i remember looking forward i didn't care who was playing there was going to be somebody that i wanted to see but that was like home like you, i felt comfortable there and everybody thinks i was nuts because i was like i would just jump into the mosh pit i'm like no i'm safe i'm protected i'm not gonna get hurt here <laughs> Dude, and it was great I loved Warp Tour so much, and I, I would always visit the booths for like Twalaha and everybody down there. And the hardest thing I did was trying to get to each stage to see the bands I wanted to see because they were so. It was you. You'd go to the giant inflatable board, and it was like, <laughs> okay, you're writing it down, and you're taking pictures. You're like, okay, uh, we got ten minutes to make it to there. Uh, yep, we can do it, and it's just so much fun. At, at those events it really is they're a All blast right. red, red jumpsuits there if we leave 15 minutes early then we can run and see i want to say simple plan because i'm pretty sure there was one yellow card they were both kill there. switch yes <sighs> yellow card yep. yellow card is still my favorite band <laughs> they're great they're, they're great. awesome what was it i still my i have a favorite shirt for warp tour it was like I think it was like the 2000, I don't know which one it was, but it was like the Mayan end of the world for the calendar or whatever. It was like early oh. 2000s. It had a Mayan like design on it. It was like, this is the end. And it's like, yep. That I still I have that shirt. About too. I, I still have it and I love it. And uh, that was my favorite one there. Oh man, that was so much fun. <laughs> Just we just reminisce for the, the, the rest of the time. A lot of memories just, that just came yeah, back about yeah, what was amazing. Anytime they're they're within driving distance of me, my wife and I will go to them and there's three of them that will play around us and we'll we'll travel to each of them. They're they're great. I can't I'm really hoping they they make a strong comeback. But again, it's it's the idea similar to to where we go as far as like conventions, yeah. packs, uh, GCX. It's the same it's the same sort of feeling just less music it's more it's it's the feeling of community it's the feeling of being around people with the same exact interest right and you're there to see somebody and there's also thousands of other people who are there to see somebody it is just an amazing i still want to do like a research study or just a paper on the psychology behind mosh pits because it's just something i grew really? up with yeah I do mean it. You will not. I, I guess it depends on the concert that you go to. If it's a good old punk rock concert, you're not getting hurt in that mosh pit. You're, you're protected. You go down. Okay. Sh- short story. <laughs> I was in, I was in an anti-flag mosh pit. I think it was at Warp Tour. I got this. I am big. I got smashed by somebody. I went right to the ground. Guy picks me up, stops the pit, picks me up, looks at me. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, throws me right back in. Right. (laughs) But it's just, I had no, I don't know his name. have no idea who he was, but again, it's that sense of community where you're, we're going to make sure you're okay, but we're still going to continue having fun. 
You know, and if I were to tell, and I'm sure if I were to tell him, like, nah, I'm not feeling good, he probably would have walked yeah. me out he and would have got you yeah, out of it. me to EMT for sure. So, like, it, it really is a such a sense of community there. And again, to have the resources that are readily available there for everybody, again, you're just you're meeting the people where they are. Absolutely. So, hence why I just love mosh pits. Now I got to go talk to the breweries in my area and see if something going down here. <laughs> <laughs> I drive by them all the time, and uh, for what I do during the day and everything, I I do get go in and out of them. And now they're all reopened in the area and everything, and we have so many breweries in our area. And I'm in Central New York, just below Syracuse, and. Yeah, I would love to see some of these programs really brought to the area because they they benefit so many people. And like everybody, just reiterate, just you're going to where people are and you're providing these resources and information to them where they're comfortable in their safe space and everything, where, Mm -hmm. where they're comfortable being. And that's the best place and the best time to get them. And it's it's truly amazing. So. What's next for for Hope for the Day? Like, uh, is there anything coming up uh, event wise, or any uh, any big plans for a launch, maybe in the near future? So, on the Hope for the Day side, what is coming up for us is a lot of we're going through a lot of organizational change right now. So, we are shifting around positions and making sure that we have the right infrastructure to continue growing the way that we are. We very much so still operate on a startup basis with the way that things are run and things like that. And we have, over the last couple of months, realized a couple more of those pain points. And so we are trying to make sure that we fix them so that they don't continue to be issues and become bigger issues. So a little bit on the boring side on that end, but <laughs> on the Sip of Hope side. So with a coffee shop, we're doing a couple fun launches. We always do a collaboration bag with a local artist for our seasonal blends of our coffees. So um, I'm pretty excited about some of those that are coming up. I've been working with those artists to get those bags designed and stuff like that. So they should be fun and some fun holiday stuff coming. I am most looking forward to getting back out into the community because I took over for the event's director role last year at the beginning of the year. And I started building out some really great new processes and stuff like that. Um, and things for our volunteers and like new things and then didn't ever get to use any of those. So it's very cool to now be getting hit again, very frequently to be at events all the time. I am getting ready to be working at Lollapalooza for all four days um, that we get to tent there. And then we will be at a couple car shows. We'll be at Furnace Fest in Birmingham in September. So just trying to get back out into the community and definitely get back into the music industry for sure. Nice. That's great. Lollapalooza. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That was a, I'm not going to lie, a little bit of a last minute plan on that end, but I am stoked to be able to be back. We um, were there in 2019 and shared a tent with another organization that does works to end sexual harassment in the music industry and kind of just emphasizing like, don't touch me. Don't do these things. I'm not here for you. Mm -hmm. You can ask if you want to slide past me. 
those kind of things, creating a safe mm. space in the music industry and yeah, so establishing really cool. boundaries in general. That's exactly. So it's very mm-hmm. cool to be able to share a tent with them and create an experience for the fans and the people that are attending the festival to provide resources, but also just really emphasize that point across the board and remind all the attendees, Hey, we're all here for a common cause, but we're also all treating each other with respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, again, sort of borders on the same thing. Music festivals have that. The gaming conventions have that too. New York City Comic Con has a huge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- yeah, exactly. They have a huge sign. Yep. Just because somebody's your favorite character. Yeah. Please don't just start asking and pulling them for pictures. There's like a, it's the first thing that you see when you mm-hmm. walk in. And, you know, and especially now with COVID, yeah, it's coming down, but still distance. Yep. Be nice. That's, you know, basic things. <laughs> Be yeah, respectful. Sure. Be res- uh, yes. Yeah. We actually do um, C2E2 here in Chicago every year. So um, okay. being, I love, that's one of the first events that I got to work for Hope for the Day. And I work it every year on purpose because I've never been to a Comic-Con before or anything like okay. that. And then being able to go see that and also be something that people didn't expect to see there is a very cool thing. So it's a cool experience for sure. I've heard, I've heard C2E2 is a blast though. I've heard it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to go to that one for sure. For for the uh, uninitiated, what is C2E2? So it's a good question. I don't know exactly what it stands for. I I just know. I know what it stands for either. Comic. Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Okay. (laughs) So two C's, two E's. Gotcha. Two C. Yeah. Gotcha. Like E3 out here. Yeah. Right. We're working on yeah, getting a booth at New York City Comic Con to try and branch out into into those live events. And it those events, the Comic Cons versus like gaming conventions, which we focus mainly on because we're focusing the gaming community. The Comic Cons are on a whole nother level. I've attended mm-hmm. several of them in the past and I'll go to local events, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know thousand people 2000 you go to packs it's like seven eight ten thousand people you go to new york city comic-con and there's like twenty five thousand people trying to push through each other or try and navigate the ocean of bodies to try and like make it anywhere and it's just the cosplays and everything that's there it's just when you leave that event con crash is a thing in the blues because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a whole different it's a production Oh, it, it is, is a full-blown production. New York Comic Con and, and C2E2 actually celebrities come out. You get first first releases of whether it's comic books, whether it's video games. It's like the first of everything comes out there. So it's a, it's it's a production. It's intense. And yeah, yeah. And then on top of pre-COVID, you got about twenty five thousand people in yep. in a convention hall. That's ridiculous. Oh. Which think about it now, like that's not even a thing anymore. Like that's scary to think about now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My 2019 was my first year leading the charge on our being at C2E2. It looks like the attendance in 2019 was 90,000 people. And so we were there for three days, I believe. Um, And I remember that day loading in to set up our booth 
in the convention center that they have it in in Chicago. There's a couple lots and it happens. Side story happens that, of course, in this uh, convention center, they say, you go to this lot, then you go to that lot. And they're like, no, this lot is closed. You have to go to this lot. <laughs> no, this lot is closed. If you're exhibiting, you have to go back to that lot that they told oh you that you God. can't park in. Oh so you finally park and you unload with a little cart and you have all your stuff stacked up. And you literally have to go like across this hallway <laughs> and down some escalators, then back up an elevator, then go across the show floor, then go up another elevator and up another escalator to get to the place where all of the things happen. Yep. But I'm also looking at all of these people who are building out entire like castles and like multi-million dollars. Huge booths. And I'm over here complaining about like carrying in a couple mannequin torso, (laughs) like a 10 by 10 canopy and (laughs) puts it all into perspective. But it is a production that is a story. For sure. I, I was I was ditching dodging forklifts at PAX East last year before COVID hit. Oh my gosh! On the on the ex- exhibition fl- floors, uh, <laughs> forklifts were absolutely everywhere. But luckily, we lucked out that our room for this past year, when you know for the last live event, was literally like a left and a right, and we were there. Where the year prior, it was like way on the other side and it was yeah so hopefully we keep that trend going otherwise i'm gonna have to take breaks on the way but no uh (laughs) it's been fantastic i i think we've come to to the end what do you think no no you want to keep no yes no we have can so becca please where can people find uh hope for the day sip of hope plugs where can people find you and everything that you do absolutely so website is hftd.org the letters of hope for the day and then all of our tags on all of the social media is just hope for the day um sipofhope.com we are currently on sip of hope pausing production for a little bit we ran into a little bit of a situation so we're catching up on orders and getting that stuff out and then we will be opening the orders back up here hopefully soon but outside of that the coffee shop is open um if you're in chicago and sip of hope.com sip of hope on all the networks too that's great awesome awesome i wish i lived closer to chicago so do i what coffee place i'm going to when i drive my family out there yeah the and that brings shop is definitely my baby. So <laughs> give it a visit. Well, we might have to uh, shoot you an email if we're in the area to stop into the coffee shop and uh, take in just the excellence of it and get to meet some of the team and everybody there. That would be fantastic. I would have a lot of fun doing that. That would be awesome. Just, meanwhile, just smell I'm, I'm just going to have to wait till you get out to LA sometime. <laughs> That day will happen, Nate. <laughs> it's a long exactly. trip for me to Chicago at this point. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to the Guardians Mental Health Podcast. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps spread the podcast to others who may not have heard of us. Keep up to date with everything we are doing over at guardiansmh.org. Follow us on Twitter at guardiansmh. Feel free to join our partner Discord server at discord.gg slash guardiansmh, where we provide peer support, mental health resources, and we're just cool people. 
If you are involved right now with PAX Online East or just PAX Online, we are fully in their server providing resources as well, too. So come and say hi. We're in the diversity lounge. We're in the, the chill room. Come and say hi to us. We're all in there. Feel free to help keep the lights on, or in this case, Discord running. Feel free to donate to our nonprofit over at tiltify.com at GuardiansMH. And if you want to help continue to support all of our mental health kit initiatives, feel free to help and donate over at patreon.com slash GMH mental health kits or coffee at coffee.com slash GuardiansMH. I think that's it. You do know Discord's free, right? Well, you know, but <laughs> there's like Nitro and the webs. I don't know. I'm not good with this. I'm the social worker. I don't do math. That's not math. <laughs> I love it anyways. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening and tuning in with us. And we will catch you next time. Catch us. Uh, we have a very busy month this month of July. Yes. Stay tuned. You'll catch us next week with another episode. We have a very awesome guest coming on with us. And we're also kicking off our benefit stream starting next weekend. Tune in for that. We have a lot of great streamers helping out and coming to help support a new mental health kit that we're going to be launching. You want to hear more about that? check us out next week uh it's kicking off july 24th and it's gonna be a blast tune in we're gonna have some cool giveaways and some really awesome news for some new stuff launching next week so yeah stay tuned you're gonna love it and thank you everybody have a great night bye, bye.